Welcome to the weekly message from Encounter, where the past has no future and hope is reborn. Our speaker today is Bishop Michael Rice, lead pastor at Encounter. to see you guys. You braved all the snow and you, I know we got to deal with the snow. There's somebody in the camp that has sin in their life, okay? It's the end of March. It's not supposed to be snowing. And I just, bow your head for a moment. I'm going to believe God to reveal to me who it is. <laughs> We're going to deal with it right now because I'm, I'm ready for spring. Anybody else? Come on. Seriously, get the sin out of your life. Turn to the person next to you and tell them, get the sin out of your life. We're all being punished for your shortcomings, all right? I had the funniest thought. Anybody in here sing in the shower? Anybody in here singing in your car? You ever got lost? You ever lose yourself singing in your car and then realize people were seeing you? I don't, I don't sing in my car unless I'm at least 10 miles from home. So if they do see me, then I don't know them and I'll probably never see them again. But I had that funny thought as we started to worship today because, listen to me for a moment, this is, this is the truth. I'm not trying to be silly. You know, we, we sing in the shower because we feel like we're alone. And we, 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 we sing in the car because, again, we're alone. And, and we can trust the person we're with. But it's kind of neat to gather with a bunch of people who couldn't be more different. I mean, look around. And... And yet, there, there's a trust factor here because some of y'all were just worshiping like you were in the shower. How many know what I'm saying? That's a good thing. That blesses our Heavenly Father. You know that? That in, in spite of the differences, in spite of where we're at in life, man, you, we, we gather together as a body and, and just worship. That's a neat thing. Let's never take that lightly. That's a, that's a neat thing. Turn your Bibles with me to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I want to share with you something that's simply entitled, It's Time to Change the Channel. That's a reference that may be lost on some. Television has advanced so much. I mean, I've seen commercials now where you can talk to your TV and it puts on, you can say, I want to watch Sesame Street. And it puts Sesame Street on. And, you know, we have remotes. It's actually called channel surfing. People just, you know, how many know what I'm talking about? You just press up or down. And but back in the day, I mean, when I first was introduced to television, it was black and white. And I grew up in the Cleveland area, and we had three channels, three, five, and eight. It's, come on, I wish you could see what I'm seeing now. You got a few people going, yeah, yeah, no. You got others going, what? Serious? 
And then when they came out with UHF channels and you had 43 and 61, it's like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do with all these choices? And you never knew what was coming on. You had, to, you had to subscribe to the TV guide. You remember that? It came every week and you would open it and you'd have to hunt down there to see what you wanted to watch. And then changing the channel, it was a real piece of work. You didn't say to your television. You didn't press a remote. You had to get up and walk through 10 feet of shag carpeting. Okay. <laughs> People, the struggle is real, okay? We fought hard to get here. And you had to, <laughs> I mean, chat, how many members shag carpeting? I'm telling the truth. We, we, we had shag carpeting in my parents' house that was so thick, you had to buy a special rake. I'm telling the truth, to rake it, because it was like this thick. There were children who got lost in the carpeting. And, and you, you had to get up and you had to physically change the channel. And then you had to see if it was coming in and then you'd have to grab the antenna and move it around. God got us through that, people. But we changed the channel when we didn't like what was on. People channel surf hoping to find something better. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Would you stretch your hands this way and pray with me and for me? Father, I just, I just, I'm honored but humbled, God, to stand before your people and, and tasked with sharing your heart. And so, Father, I, I just ask you to do your will here today. I stand on your promise that says that your words are spirit and they are life. Holy Spirit, I just release you to do what you do so well. And that is to make truth personal to each and every one of us. You know everyone in this room by name. You know where they're at in their heart struggle. You know where they're at in their relationship with Father. And I just ask you to further them along. I pray for clarity of thought, and, and I thank you for what you're going to do. Amen. Anybody else ever just ever struggle with your thoughts? Sometimes God is a, a God of 
this morning I've had, I've had more struggle with my thoughts, keeping it centered than I've had in a long time. Struggle with our thoughts. Sometimes you just start down the road with your thoughts and they, you don't end up at a good place. You know what I'm talking about? I, th- this week I, I, I heard a song that was being played. And it's a, a beautiful song, but it doesn't have a great message. And I, I have fought and fought and fought to get that song out of my head. Especially one line in the song. It's very, very discouraging, very depressing, and, and just... I mean, know what I'm talking about. I just, and you just, you just fight and you fight and you fight to get that out. And I, without exaggeration, that 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 one line in that song has gone through my head a hundred times this week. And I keep telling God, help me get rid of this. I, I, I put a praise song under the phonograph of my mind. That's an MP3 player for you now generation people. Okay? Because you see, our mind is the battleground between the natural and the supernatural. That's the contact point. That's where it all takes place. The prize is our heart. Heavenly Father wants your passion. The enemy wants your passions. And the, the place where that battle takes place is right here. How I many know what I'm talking about? It is a constant battle. And it's a battle that will never end until we draw last breath on this earth. It's a battle that we will need to fight. And It's a battle that we can and should win, but it is a battle we're always going to have. It's a battle that we need to know how to deal with that, how to affect that, because just like a television, there are some things on television that are decent and worth watching, and then there's a lot of garbage. When on the rare occasion when we're watching television, you know, they have a, a back button where you can go back to a previous channel. I always set the back button to a clean channel so that when commercials come on, I can get off of there because there's a lot of junk. There was a change that took place in advertising, and I don't want this to become a history lesson, but there was a change, and I don't remember the guy's name offhand, but he's considered the the father of modern-day advertising. And it changed somewhere around 62 or 63. And, and, and what the change was is it's advertising used to sell the product. Go back and look at print advertising or even television advertising from the 50s, and the whole thing was about the product. They would hold the product. They would show you the product. They would talk about the product. And... This, this man who's now considered the father of all advertising, he changed the script. And it wasn't, it is no longer about the product, it's about the lifestyle. That 
what they're trying to sell you, whether it's hair shampoo or a car, they're trying to sell you the, sell you the lifestyle that comes with that product. I was going to put it up there, but I didn't want to take the, the time there. One of the best examples out there is a Cadillac commercial. Now, Cadillac's expensive car. I'm guessing you'll spend forty, fifty thousand dollars on this Cadillac. Him, almost the entire commercial, you never see the car. You don't really see the car except for a moment at the beginning and for a flash of a moment at the end. But during that time, you see the people inside having fun and laughing. And the, the, the announcer is saying, isn't it time you choose to be free? Isn't it time you're no longer alone? Isn't it a time? And, and the enemy is always attacking us in our mind. Promising us something he can never fulfill. And most commercials, based on the ideology of the father of modern advertising are meant to do this to create in you a hunger for a lifestyle that you're left with the impression if you go buy that you'll get that lifestyle and inherently what's wrong with all of that is every commercial ends up saying this to you you're less until you get this You'll never have the flowing, luxurious hair or the flat abs or all these beautiful people in your car until you buy the car, until you use the shampoo, or you give the tum get the tummy squeezy thing. I couldn't think of a name off the top of my head. I'm sorry. I started to go where the Holy Spirit said, you're on your own. You, I, I got nothing. And, and, and it leaves you feeling less. Because it's not like that in your world. And like never before, we, we especially in America... And we are a culture that's more inundated with television than any other culture. We, we are having surgeries to fix. We're spending money to fix what we think is wrong with us. Shape our body this way and change it that way and decorate it this way and alter it that way. And it really, it really, it really says that we, we don't like ourselves. We, we got we to gotta wear these shoes and this shirt and these pants. And, how many know what I'm talking about? And if you don't, there used to be a thing that, with the kids that went around here for a while was about the shoes. What are those? They'd say that even here in the hallway of the church. What are those? And if they weren't Nike, if they were the Walmart brand, You were, you were less. How many getting this? And our mind is constantly being inundated with messages, whether it's from an 
a song on the radio or the television, but even more than that, something that happened to you in your past, something that somebody said, something that somebody did, and, and your mind is just inundated with that. It's just, it just goes over and molds over and over and over again. And I, I don't think those things are gone, even those things that happened to you that you have forgotten about or that you... I remember this one science experiment they showed on the Discovery Channel where they took this individual and, and they, 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 they opened up a part of his brain while he was under local anesthesia, so he's wide awake. And they, they took an electrical probe and they touched a part of his brain to initiate a thought. And he found that to be a, a freaky experience because it would initiate things that he had forgotten ever happened. And in fact, in one of the times when they, when they touched a spot, he, he for a moment had a view from a, the, from a baby's eyes laying in a crib looking up at his mother. He's 27 years old, and yet that, that little prick still initiated that they say we don't use 90% of our brain. I think we use 90% of our brain and it's stored with memories. Just my thought. But all of those things, the, the media, the television, the radio, our interactions with other people, our feelings, our emotions, our experiences, they, they flood our mind in trying to shape who we are. And they speak to us. If you failed, they'll tell you you're a failure. They'll tell you this and tell you that. And, and you had a bad experience with this person and that person and that person. And, and it must be you. You must be broken. You must be defective. Anybody else ever struggle with this? That somehow, some way, you're just different in a bad way. And you were just dealt a sad deck of cards, and that's just the way your life is going to be. When you get to that place, you get in trouble, because the Bible says that as a man thinks in his heart, notice the words, thinks in his heart, not feels in his heart, thinks in his heart. So is he. Most of us would have said, my heart feels, my brain thinks. But as a man thinketh in his heart, when the enemy allow, gets you to the place where the battle goes from here into here is when you're in trouble. Because there is a way which seems right but the end thereof are the ways of death. When the enemy gets you convinced that all of this negative, I saw a lady in, several weeks ago, and you've probably seen people like this. There was a time as a younger man I laughed at, at this, but now I, my heart goes out to them. They're 70 years old trying to look like they're 20. And they look ridiculous. I don't know how else to say it. But it's sad. 
because some, something's wrong down in here. That, and and it, it didn't start yesterday. It started when they were. How many know what I'm saying? And, and they're still trying to fix that. And for many Christians, we're, we're, they're, we're still trying to fix something that's wrong. And, and we wish it was as easy as the television, just change the channel. I think that television has become so popular in part because if you don't like what you're watching, you can escape to another channel. When you can't deal with life, when, when you don't like the voices in your head, the battles that are taking place, the, the arguing, when you get tired of it, you want to chill. How many know what I'm talking about? You want to relax. Oftentimes when people say, I just want to, I want to relax. Relax oftentimes just means sitting down in front of the television. We used to recreate, but now we relax. There's a world of difference. Relax, the word literally means to let down one's guard. Recreate is a, a deeply spiritual word. It means to recreate. So this battle is always taking place in our mind. The verses that we just read says that we don't walk, for though we walk in the flesh, that's not where we do our battles. I know this much. If you try to win the battle in your head simply based on your tenacity, your perseverance, it will wear you out because it never turns off. Until you change the channel, it just stays there. It's like the Gilligan Island reruns. They just keep playing them over and over and over again. So how do you change the channel? We need to understand that this war is taking place and God has given us weapons. And they're strong weapons. And they'll pull down strongholds. The enemy likes to do that. There are things that have happened in your life that have become a stronghold. You know what a stronghold is? It's like a castle. In medieval times, a, a king would, would extend the reach of his, his kingdom by going out to a certain extent and then he'd build a stronghold there and he'd harbor troops there and it basically said I own this now and if you want to own this instead of me you got to overcome my stronghold that's, that's biblical Jesus talked about the parable of the house and the and, 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 and unless you bind a strong man you can't spoil his goods how many know what I'm talking about and the enemy, through things that you have watched and things that have happened to you, has built strongholds in our minds. He's planted himself. You have an experience, an emotional experience that told you you were something less than what God designed you to do. And he's got a stronghold there now. And unless you unseat him, then he stays there and speaks to you. I own this property. Paul is telling the Corinthian church, but 
that we have been given a weapon, weapons that are mighty through God to the pulling down of that stronghold, casting down arguments. King James says imaginations. It's that imaginary argument that's always going in your head. Well, if I am good like God says, then how's come this? Anybody ever been there? And how's come that? And you wrestle and you wrestle and you wrestle with that thought and you wrestle with that and you, you want your life to be different. You want to feel different about yourself. You don't want to be stuck. You don't want to be in bondage. But you feel weak against it. And even though the scripture says that whoever you yield your members to, you become servants of, we're weak. And we, we commit the sin and we promise God we'll never do it again. And, and in that moment you mean it, but then you do it again. And you mean it again when you tell God, I'll never do it again. And then you do, am I talking to anybody? And then you do it again and listen, the ability of God to forgive you, you will, his mercies are new every morning. You will never run out of his mercy, but I'll tell you what you will run out of. Sincerity. Because there comes a time when you do it again and you don't even bother to tell God you're sorry. Because the enemy has you convinced you're going to do it again anyhow. You're stuck. And the scripture says that these weapons that we have, that they'll pull down strongholds, they'll cast down arguments, and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought into obedience. Man, I wish we could do that, eh? But we can. So what is the weapon? Turn with me, if you would, to Ephesians. Chapter 6. Ephesians 6, chapter 6, verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. I'm going to continue to reading, but I'm going to stop here for a moment. Listen, if you think your battle is with your, what your dad said to you, you'll never win. If you think your battle is a self-esteem battle, you're never going to win. If you think your battle has a face and a name on it, you're never going to win. You have got to understand this is a spiritual battle. There are demonic forces pulling at you who want your soul for eternity. I'll never forget as long as I live standing in front of a demon-possessed person as we cast demons out of this individual. And this demon looked up and said, I have this person, and I have this person, and I want her. Named names. 
Name names of people that have already died, never having had a relationship with God. Name them and mocked. You and I need to know something. We're in a battle for our soul. And you got to give yourself a fighting chance. You can't fill your mind all week long with stuff from the world. You, you can't fill your mind with, with literature and media that tells you how bad you are and broken you are. Pulled up the, on, 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 the, on the cable TV, you know, you can, you can see what shows are on. It's like, you got to be kidding me. Garbage after garbage after garbage after garbage after garbage after garbage after garbage. Uh, I'll take this vomit. There you go. And the radio, but, but more than that, your own life. I know nobody in here has ever had anything bad happen to you. But if you have, you know that it sits up here. And if you will let it, it will speak to you. It'll tell you who you are. It'll tell you how to feel. It'll explain to you your cage and that you're never going to be free. But Paul here says that we have weapons in 2 Corinthians. In Ephesians, he said, listen, the battle isn't with flesh and blood. The enemy would love you to think that your battle is with somebody out here. That it's with a, a, an issue or a person when in reality it's a spiritual battle. And we've been given weapons that are mighty through God that are pulled down strongholds. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. Let's find a weapon in this list. That you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore, Having girded your waist with truth. That's good, but it's not a weapon. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness. That's good, but it's not a weapon. And having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. That's good, but it's not a weapon. And above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Remember faith. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. Sword. There's a, there's a weapon. Finally, we got to fight back. Everything up till now just prepared us for a beating. Now we get to fight back. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God.
We've never lived in a time when Bibles have been so prevalent, and we've never lived in a time when the church knows their Bible so little. I'm here to tell you, you've got to give yourself a fighting chance. You have got to give yourself a fighting chance. You have got to get to the place where you have something to fight him with. Even Jesus Christ, when he was tempted in the desert to believe something that was other than the truth. The enemy attacked. Here it says the helmet of salvation. Where's the helmet go? On your head. It's your thoughts. The greatest attack the enemy wants to bring against you is that you're not even saved when you are. And so he, he confronted the devil in the desert and the devil said, if thou be the son of God, if you got to be kidding me if the last words jesus heard 40 days earlier was this is my beloved son in whom i am well pleased and the enemy will come after you you're not even saved you're not even saved the helmet of salvation begins to clear the fog in your mind because I want to tell you, we can't fight for victory. We have to fight from victory. One thing is certain and true. If you've given your heart to God and you committed your way to him and you trust him, you're saved. He doesn't cast you aside the next time you trip up, the next time you blow it. If you've ever had a child... Two hours after it's born, it messes its diaper. You didn't pick it back up and take it to the doctor. Uh, excuse me. This thing's leaking. It's defective. Serious, man. Fix it. I don't want that to happen ever again. I mean, know what I'm talking about. Why do we think God's that way? Loving parents understand, you know what, that's just the way kids are. There'll come a time when they don't make messes so easily and they can, they can take care of themselves. But until that time, I'm just going to keep cleaning up their mess. Come on, people. If you then, being evil, know how to bless your children, how much more will your heavenly father? He doesn't cast you aside. I wouldn't serve a God who would kick me to the curb the next time I made a mistake. When I need him the most, he's there the most. Where sin does abound, grace does more abound. And so you, you need to know and you, you fight from a position of victory. If thou be the son of God. And Jesus pulled out his sword. Satan, it is written. And you see, that's where so many, so many are are hurting themselves you're not giving yourself a chance because you don't know what was written you want to drive all over the country and get a word from the prophet but you won't sit down and open your Bible come on church I understand you can go somewhere else and be tickled in your ears I'm not called to do that I'm called to tell you the truth you need to get your word in you and you need to get into your word because it changes things. It gives you a weapon. 
Too many Christians just stand there and take it. Folks, we haven't been called to hold our ground. We've been told to advance. And you can't advance if all you have is a helmet of salvation, a breastplate of righteousness, girded up in truth, and your feet shod with the gospel. That's for standing there. I need a sword. There are enemies in my way. And that sword is, is my weapon. And it pulls down strongholds in my head. When that thing that mom or dad did to me 30 years ago raises up and tells me I am this way. And I'll always be this way. I can go to the scripture and says, I was fearfully and wonderfully made by a God who doesn't make mistakes. And I can then choose what I believe. I can believe what my circumstances tell me or I can believe what the Word of God tells me. Because the Word of God then becomes my truth. And I want to tell you something. Whatever you allow to get down into your heart becomes your truth, even if it's a lie. We have people running around with their own personal truth that is nothing more than their personal lie that they believe. And so you got to read the Word of God. you got to get it into you. you got to know what God says about you. You've got to know how He feels about you. And He gives us that Word before. Listen to me, folks. God told me something a while back that, that has changed how I view things. And He gave it to me, and in, 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 in there was a, a momentary vision and, and in the vision, that, and there was an individual, it was almost like a stick figure, and you're looking at it from the side scroll, and the stick figure was standing here, and they were praying, and raindrops were hitting them. But the cloud that had dropped the raindrops was there. You need to understand something. When you're outside and it's raining, that cloud over your head isn't the one that dropped the raindrop there you're feeling. It's that cloud over there that passed over you a few minutes ago. How many know what I'm talking about? And then the rain hits you. And God showed me that picture of a man standing there and the raindrops were hitting his head, but the cloud had already passed. And, and the Lord said this to me, my people are always praying in the rain. But the problem is what caused the rain has now come to pass. And what God would rather do for you and I, what he did for Jesus. Before Jesus ever went into the battle, God gave him a word. That's for somebody. Woo! Comes up out of the water. Listen, everybody. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And then the spirit drove him into the wilderness. Why? To be tempted. Now, if, if, listen, listen. If you read that the wrong way, you're going to get the wrong message. Why would God do that to, to Jesus? No, no, no. The question is, did you see what God did to the devil? He armed his son before he sent him into the battle. And we need to quit going to God saying, God, this hit me and I don't know what to do about it. God's preference is to give you the word to stand on before the battle ever comes. Amen. 
And he gives you that word by you getting into it. And so that when you face the battle, you, 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 you got a sword. You got a sword in your hand. Because you see, the sword of the Spirit is the word of God. The other weapon we, we have is faith. Hebrews says that faith comes by hearing. Hearing comes by the word of God. Listen to me for a moment. Maybe a better way to understand that is to flip it around. The word of God develops my spiritual hearing so that I can hear God and have faith in the moment of trial. Jesus said several times, he that hath an ear to hear, let him hear. How do I get an ear to hear? I want to hear God. I want to have God speak to me. I, I want God to open up the heavens and say, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Anybody in on that? We want to do that. We want to hear God. And, and God says, here's how you get the hearing. Read your word. You read your word. You develop spiritual hearing. You develop the ability to hear God. You don't know what his voice sounds like until you get into the word. And you get into the word and you begin to understand his character and his nature and his voice. And then what happens is you start your day off instead of jumping out of bed and worshiping at the throne of coffee. That's the second throne you go to. I'm not eliminating it. But you start your day before you ever roll out of bed and you say, God, this is your day. I want to honor you with it. This is your day. I'm going to honor you with it. I'm purposed. That's where my heart is, God. I'm going to honor you today. Keep me from presumptuous sin. And then, you see, the Lord would prefer... Y'all got to get this. We talk so much about healing. I want to tell you something. God would rather you never got sick. Come on. We spend too much time praying that God will fix things in our life that are already broken. He'd rather they never got broken in the first place. All right? But we're always praying reactionary. We're praying in the rain. The rain, life hits us and we, oh man, come on. And we're always praying that. But listen, that raindrop was dropped earlier. And if you get into the word of God and you develop the ability to hear God's voice, then before you face the devil, he can give you the words you need. Listen, you got to make that connection. This is my beloved son. That's all he said. This is my beloved son. This is my beloved son. He had to know that. That's all he needed. He needed to know that. Listen, when the devil said, if, if you're the son of God, turn these stones into bread, there's no sin in turning the stones into bread. It was a trick. Understand something. Theologians say that two years later, that was the spot that Jesus was on when he fed the thousands with bread and fish. There's no sin in turning the stones to bread. The sin was in doubting what God said to you. 
if you be the son of God. Devil, are you kidding me? It doesn't matter how I feel right at this moment. I know what the word of God says about me. And that's my truth. That's my reality. That's what I'm holding on to. And it gives you the ability to then hear the voice of God. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit will bring to your remembrance. Couched in that statement is you've got to remember something. He'll say to you, don't you remember what the Bible said? Well, you can't remember what the Bible said if you didn't read it. Okay, come on. I understand this may seem like an old school message. I understand there are some pastors who get up and try to find some nuggets so that they impress everybody. Everybody's like, wow, isn't he awesome? I don't want you to think anything about me being awesome. I want you to know how awesome our God is. And he has prepared you and I for battle. And we encounter struggles that we were never meant to have. He has called us and anointed us to be overcomers, not to be overcome, to be more than conquerors, not to be conquered. And that happens when you get the word inside of you. The Bible talks about the word, the washing of the word and the renewing of our mind. The renewing of our mind. Renew means to make it new again. Not patch it up. To make it new again. Listen, there was a time in eternity, as I try to wrap this up, there was a time in eternity when you were absolutely perfect. You didn't know fear. You didn't know heartache. You didn't know doubt. You didn't know bondage. You didn't know struggle. You didn't know loss. And God says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before. That word knew is a personal word. He was intimate. He knows your innermost parts. And in that moment, before he placed you in your mother's womb, you didn't know fear. You didn't know struggle. But after that moment, you learned some things. And you know what God wants to do? He wants to put you back there before you learned all that bad. Jesus said, you've got to become like a little child. Then you'll see the kingdom of God. That doesn't mean you'll go to that doesn't mean you're gonna to go to heaven. Yeah, yeah, of course you're gonna to go to heaven. But you'll see the kingdom of God. You gotta hear this. You'll see the kingdom of God. You'll see it. That's what he said. You'll see it. You'll see it. You'll have this crazy idea that you could lay hands on somebody and they get healed. You have this crazy idea that you could pray for somebody and they get delivered. I laugh about it now. It was, it was a good experience. This kind of preaching ignited a congregation one time and, and we, we saw God doing some crazy, crazy things. People got a hold of this truth. And it was, it was a Sunday night, and, and there, was, 
was a Sunday night when all the, the, the well-experienced saints were just kind of sitting back and observing. But there was a pack. Three or four or five young people. 12 to 15 years old. God ignited something in them. And they, I'd been their pastor for a while. They knew they were free to do whatever God put in their heart to do. And they, they, they ganged up on people. We were in an altar service, and there was no rules. They just had a passion and a heart that believed God. And they went around praying for people. And nobody was left the same. People were getting healed. And delivered and they went around and it was a Sunday night and we weren't in a hurry and people were just they just they grabbed onto a somebody and they'd pray for them until something happened and then they go get somebody else and I remember standing at the back of the church with Randy Dixon I said buddy don't look them in the eye they're gonna get you next <laughs> so whenever they get done praying for people and they'd start looking around we were like I'm just, I'm just kidding. What's it going to Change the channel, folks. Listen, you cannot spend most of your waking hours letting the world feed into you, letting your past feed into you about who you are and never have victory. Give yourself a fighting chance. You are so worth it. You are so worth it. Jesus died because you are so worth it. He died and he wrote that book with his own blood. He bought it with a price. And he gives it to you and I and it's the sword of the spirit. Don't you just want to fight back? Don't you just don't want to just sit there and take it? Hope your armor holds up? You need to fight back. And the way that you get your fight is you get the word of God inside of you. That's Bishop Michael Rice, lead pastor of Encounter. More messages from Pastor Rice are available at our website, godenc.com. You can subscribe to our regular podcast through our website or on iTunes. Find us on Facebook under Encounter.